0: Nick here, introducing episode 10 of the OSM podcast. Today we have a fun discussion about strength and conditioning, what is too specific, what is not sport-specific enough, and what things should we be aware of when creating a strength and conditioning program for your specific sport. Two weeks away from the largest sleeve meet in the nation, the showdown meet, we're going to take an inside look with some athletes that are competing at the meet, what their training's like, and who we should look out for for the win. Stay tuned, see you guys in
1: Sean, you were you were you were like Nikki last night. Nikki got kind of drunk, but he was subtle about it. Sean was not subtle. He was trying to FaceTime us to have great conversations while he was under the influence.
0: That was my phone in my pocket. All right, I answered it. It sounded like a party, Sean. It sounded like it, a party. It, yeah, it should. have. It was like <laughs> I was standing in the back
2: corner of the Benz, FaceTiming no, tequila. You weren't
1: the Benz.
0: Don't no ever there. I never go to that bar. I don't know what you're no talking chance. about. The bouncer goes to the gym, and when I saw him at the gym, he's like, "Yeah, I guarantee Sean's there right now." When Do you was think
1: that? You're go as frequently when you don't live as close, Sean.
0: Uh, that was two
2: days ago. Oh, like Friday night. Yeah, yeah, I was there.
0: It <laughs> <laughs> <That> was Friday. <laughs> this makes it sound like I have a
2: drinking. Let problem. me
0: see what day I wasn't. Oh,
2: no, dude, you just fucking live life, Tanner. <laughs> yeah. Let, yeah, let if me I'll check my life. schedule. Friday night or a Saturday night? Yeah, I probably end up there. It's, <laughs> it's it's gotten so bad that like even the bartenders every once in a while they're like, "Hey, Sean, can you get us ice? Here's the key to the the room where the ice machine is. Go get us a bucket of ice."
0: You know, We're it's bad when they check on ourselves. you and ask you if you're okay. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's Wednesday night. You're not sitting in your usual spot.
1: What are you doing? <laughs> What's wrong with you? You
2: yeah. haven't had at least 12 drinks yet. That's
1: just a it's one not that bad. It's not that
2: bad. Maybe for you, Craig. Jesus Christ. Right. Fucking savage. Craig,
1: how you feeling after doing a moonwalk with 915 yesterday? Not bad. My back kind of hurts a little bit,
3: but honestly, I feel not bad. My legs. You
1: You react. You're like the nicest fucking person on the planet. Like You just do one rep with 915. They rack it. You're like, um, excuse me, reps, excuse me, two reps, two reps, two reps, excuse me. <laughs> like four seconds later. R- later, R- 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 later no, Hard good serve. come back out. And then
3: you The fucking, second one's better.
1: The second one was better. I was like, fucking damn, man. <laughs> and then Apple was like, my bad, my bad. It was too my bad. bad. <laughs> I would have fucking been all a- over that guy, man.
3: <laughs> I would have been so pissed. Are you kidding me? It was my bad. I Honestly, I thought I told him, this, but I was so in the zone during that whole morning, but I thought yeah. I told, because I remember telling Jordan, wasn't doing a, I'm doing a double. I don't know. And I probably I just didn't tell Eric. I just, I was on the but I was just, like, zoned in that whole morning, so I wasn't even That's got to be
1: such a confidence thing, though, dude. Like, you can fuck around with, like, that, like, 91%. That's all That's all nine fifteen is to you, is 91.5%, so you can fuck around with that and still be able to fucking dunk it when your feet are like, you have to adjust and everything like that's got to yeah. be a good confidence boost. Yeah. It
3: felt good. It felt light too. So it was like that is exactly how it moved exactly how I wanted to.
1: So, so I programmed all my, my squat, and my deadlifts at like RPE seven, this fucking prep for the fucking last ones. I felt the bench, my bench was probably the hardest double out of the three. And I was probably the most happy with it. Cause to fucking do, Nine fifty or you know five plates basically four ninety six for like a controlled oh. double like that. I was very happy. My arm fucking wants to fall off. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, as long as I can get through three attempts, I'll be straight. So,
3: dude, tell me, but my shoulders are killing me right now.
1: Are fucking yeah. just
3: burning real? Like that's when I know I've been touching five hundred a little too much. I'm just beat up
1: right now, dude. Five hundred is rep weight for you right now. Like, <laughs> secondary day. That's kind of fucking nice. Yeah. And then Nikki's been, been giving you handoffs on the on some of those days though. He's he's backup utility handoff man. He told me.
3: Yeah, <laughs> you're backup handoff guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, if you if we were like too close, and I'm like, well, I'll just use Nick. Nick was good, so so have to, you don't have to worry about it,
1: bro. That always happens at the meets too. Like I'll get a big bench, and I'm like, fuck yeah, and I go walk off, and you're just like, Shane, Shane, shame. I'm up, I'm up. I'm up. <laughs> it's like. That's happened at least at like four we where like you gotta like fucking come <laughs> grab Abby <me> again. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. No, that's what's good about Nikki and Sean both being there this time is like Sean doesn't have to fucking play like single parent watching two kids at the park. Like he has a little help, you know what I mean? Yeah, Nick will help out with all the extra stuff too, and we're gonna be real set. Plus Jeremiah's gonna be there. Like,
3: yeah, I don't think it's gonna be.
1: They're not gonna be strict about the warm up room. I think they're gonna be pretty. Uh,
3: I would assume it's going to be a lot bigger. I think it's going to be, it should be a lot bigger this year compared to the last
1: year. Oh yeah, that's and what I'm then, assuming. Sean and Nick, you weren't there last year, but they literally had like, like uh, an army of like volunteers, like the, the amount of people they had, <laughs> yeah. like like that <laughs> yeah. extreme home makeover where like they moved the bus, like that many people helping out, and so there was literally like a bunch of just like. Mom aged ladies in the warm up room, like loading, loading plates, and, like, yeah, loading plates, working the monolith and stuff, dude. They're like, That, that was dope, or, that
3: was awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was <laughs> it was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully yeah, you guys, are- <laughs> yeah, but and you guys like, really have Do You have to watch
1: <laughs> plate or you want a blue plate?
3: Like, yeah. yeah, 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 <laughs> <laughs> that was the coolest point, too. Yeah, I'd love that.
1: <laughs> so chill, and then he just let us like take as long as we want for warm ups and stuff, like.
3: Gave us enough breaks, yeah, it was perfect. I hope they do the same. I'm pretty sure you'll probably do the same thing this year. I don't know. It's just more people.
1: I'm I'm bringing. uh, I think I already told you that. I'm getting one of those neck fans. Like John Hack posted one of those a few months ago, and I was like, it's a pretty fucking good idea. And I saw a bunch of strong men wearing it too. It's gonna be hot, dude. Like the ones for sure.
3: Like the ones but I see I, I don't know if it's the same ones. Like if people work for like work, I see they're like that or it's a different kinds. Yeah, where it's
1: like it's almost like a like a like a half circle and then there's vents on the inside. You just turn it on and it just blows cool air like up under your, your jawline Oh, stuff. Ooh, yeah. If I if yeah, I I'm definitely yeah, <laughs> I'll send you the link. You should get one. Yeah. I'm probably look
3: at Walmart for that. I've seen something similar to that.
1: Yeah, otherwise we just got to get a spot in the back with our chairs like all by the fan again. That's what we did last year. But okay. fucking two weeks, man. It's I can't I can't believe how close this
0: shit is now. Who are you guys excited to watch?
1: Uh dude, obviously there's like the big the big I mean the five placers like those are already kind of locked up, honestly. At this point, I think just based on one and the two is
3: one and two is basically One and two is basically who is basically between Ch- uh, Chad, Chad, J- and John. But basically. is it though?
1: Because like, think about I don't know what Jamal's Wilkes or I don't know what his dots would be if he hits twenty three. If he hits twenty three at two forty two, that's. I still think be, that I think I, still the, think, I think, think the formula favors him. Like it's it was, almost like one ninety eight and lower. It's kind of like the the end range of it. And, like, right in the middle of 242 is, like, the sweet spot.
3: Really? Um, I thought it was the opposite. I thought it favors more,
1: like, the 188s. like 242. It's mid So, it fucks people that are really heavy or really light. And then the people in the middle get favored. So, 220, 242. I think 198. But, like, it's the sweet spots, like, 220, 242. But I'm going to look it up right now. Because it would be those two. It would be Hack. It would be uh, Penson. It would be...
3: I will throw Jamal in there, and, and then I put Ash. If you want to go there, I'll put Ash. Just oh yeah, I'm it. honestly, I'll be. That's like exci- that's the only person I'm honestly excited to watch. <laughs> he's a fucking beast.
1: I wonder. He's not even training with like a fucking like the normal bars though. So I wonder if that's gonna kind of fuck him up or not. I mean, at, at I think end, only.
3: I think it'll only mess him up in the uh, the pool, but I don't think it'll really affect him in the squad bitch, Honestly,
1: so he would have a six nineteen dots if he goes yeah three three, and then Hatch wants to be.
3: 22,
1: uh, 22.04. Let's just say 20. He's done like a 20, 22.50 basically in training, but let's just look at if he hits 22.04 because of the weight cut. Oh, no. He dude. wins. He, he, he's, he's ahead by like 30 on that. He would have a 647, which would be stupid. Yeah. That's okay, what I so
3: told you. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Like I said, it's between John and uh, Chad or one or two. It's honestly, I hey, think, think it's.
1: Kevin Oak's looking fucking good. That last squad he did was kind of slow, he said, but he's been getting fatigued. But yeah.
3: um I figure once he tapers, he's he's gonna put up a silly total.
1: Bro, he looks so much bigger than he, he, he's on the registration for 220. That's not happening. So uh, Jordan, told going, Jordan
3: told me he's doing Jordan told me he's gonna do two to, uh, 242. He said he doubts he he's gonna cut 40 he's pounds.
1: Like, he's like he's He's humongous right now. He looks bigger than me, like with, with the pictures and stuff. I'm like, Jesus, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> But um, those are the five that are locked in, so they'll be fun to watch. There's going to be a couple good uh, big lift guys. Uh, that fucking Jackson Powell kid, like yeah, hey, bro, that's fucking pretty crazy. He had uh, an eight fifty five last last single in training. I think he did like eight sixty five like the week or two before that, and then oh, yeah, and
3: that was yeah, he did an eight sixty five and he did a pause eight hundred, which was good. He looks yeah. he's strong with a little bit of a nosebleed. <laughs> i don't
1: i wonder what that feels like because like i've never gotten one but i feel like it would just probably be like a lot of pressure a release and then like you probably almost feel like you peed yourself like you just feel like it yeah. right? but it's your face you're just like embarrassed a little bit like you're not the only- it's. I mean, maybe you don't care, but like for me, like I was like, "Oh shit, I'm bleeding all over the fucking place. I got to clean this up." You
3: know yeah, I haven't so. never. I've never even got those. We even came close, but I definitely done ball squats, and my fucking head's were going to explode, though. Bro. bro, I've seen a pimple. <laughs> yeah. What?
1: Like, you
3: did, that's you, a pimple, you, you did that,
1: though. You did seven seventy, I think, for a triple before you did that Miami meet, and um, you were. I remember you were like. It wasn't like you were having a hard time with squats, but it was the off season. You were like trying to push it, and dude, I remember that was like one of the more like grindy or fucking big rep sets I've seen you do. And like your head was just there's this one spot in on your head that just went. <laughs> if <was bleak>. yeah. <laughs> Craig wanted that one, but uh, yeah, dude, so those and then on the girl side, that one's kind of wide open. Honestly, I think like I think yeah. someone told me that four. Four of the girls that placed last year aren't even doing it this year. So the girl that got fifth has Mariana's biggest. not doing it. Mariana's sure. not doing it. And Hunter's not doing it. Yeah. Oh, well, Brianna's doing it. That Joe's girl? Oh, yeah. 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 Okay.
3: Yeah. yeah, I doing- think doing, yeah.
1: There's Christy Hawkins. Dude, she's. That's going
3: to be close. a screws. Yeah. Joe, I not- she's. Too, I think. That's going to be a good
1: matchup, those two. There's some, there's some uh, heavier
3: weight girls, bro. I almost said. I girls. know. That would have been a. They're uh, they're- <laughs> <laughs> dude, pulling six hundred and shit. I'm kind of yeah, bro, beast. <laughs> yeah.
1: Fucking, oh, bro, that girl's gonna be though, like six and six for sure. There's, yeah. I think, a handful of
3: girls. Are she did. Be- uh, she was at the current. She hit. She tried it, She got the 6 pull. but got like a five something on a uh, squat. She's yeah, fucking. She's, she's strong. strong. Like
1: five for a double, and then she yeah, did for a double on pull. So I mean, she's she's gonna be the strongest girl there, I think, and then um. There's a, there's a handful of other girls that are going to be over 1,400 pounds, which is, like, it's stupid. <laughs> yeah. This meat's really going to be crazy, man. I mean, there's there's a handful of people that are going to be over – there's going to be at least three 900-pound squats that I can think of. Wow, one 1,000-pound squat if you get your fucking ass down there, big boy.
3: I, and, def- um, trust me. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> then,
1: um, there's going to be – uh, I mean, as far as bench, I mean TD is going to go over seven hundred, which would be fucking crazy. And then
3: going be what three, three people? Probably three, what, three people at least. Probably going six hundred bench. Yeah, you, know. well Myers too. So four. I mean, there's bro, there's a lot yeah. of people
1: here. And then, yeah. I'm getting, dude, if I want to, if I hit eight eighty, like I want to, that'll be like the sixth or seventh biggest pull of this meet.
3: <laughs> How retarded <laughs> is that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, I would say maybe four or five people within like you know hundred, and then dude Jamal and that Danny Griggs guy. Honestly, you literally
3: can hit a thousand. That's ridiculous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think there's ever been a raw powerlifting meet where, like I said, there's going to be as far as, far as the guy side because that's what I know. There, well, there's going to be this many twenty two hundred plus pound totals overall. But not even just that. Like we had four last year, and that was a big deal. I think there's going to be a handful of guys over 23. One yeah. guy, 24. You're gonna have a thousand pound raw squat, a 700 pound raw, and then maybe a you know, thousand like, pound pull. There's probably five guys that can do that. So you're gonna have maybe, you know, a handful of nine thousand pound squats, you know, or uh, deadlifts. You know what I mean? Insane numbers. This has never been done in a fucking powerlifting meet that i know of and i fucking i'm a nerd on this shit like i do my research back to like the 80s and stuff 70s um it's gonna be a big fucking deal to be at this meet man. yeah,
3: yeah it is honestly just being in a meet is dope as fuck but like just as like the competitors this is the biggest talent of powerlifting powerlifters you can have yeah
1: last year was probably the biggest it ever was for i mean you or i i don't know if i don't know did you feel like the current was more competitive for you or did you feel like the the showdown last year was more competitive as far as people, uh, I know, but I'll say the current
3: just because it was in wraps and I was in sleeves, so it was you that have, big, that big dominant, it was that big difference, in my opinion. But I do last year's showdown was competitive, but I do feel I was, I don't know, this current was just no, no, I that will always be. But I think,
1: I think honestly, showdown is going to be even more like Dan's obviously not going to be there, but. Everyone else is. I think it's gonna be more. Com- it's gonna be the most competitive meet that you and I have ever done. Yeah, Dude, we're gonna we're gonna that's
3: yeah. it goes <laughs> <Yeah, close laughs> right there, Those
1: fucking boys, man.
3: I went fucking- to that next level right there.
1: Hey, I'm hyped. i am hyped fuck- for this meet. Exactly, man. I mean, there's there's levels to it, and like, it's. I don't know, man. I just think it's it's a cool deal to. To watch these meets for so long, like back in like twenty seventeen sixteen, like when you were not, we would go squat on a Sunday and we put it up on a laptop and like watch. Yeah. It and to now go to these meets and like, and I actually meet, have a like, we'll, ten guys, we'll, we'll, but we're the fucking we're the strong dudes showing up now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that's it's cool. That's crazy. Face. Yeah, it's fucking cool, bro. I'm stoked. Sean, you've been a little quiet over there. How are you? How are you anticipating this meet going? Are you excited? Are you or hey, less, what's your uh what's your views?
2: I just want you guys to go <laughs> nine for nine and I'll be real proud. <laughs>
1: Such a bomb, man. Oh. <laughs> okay, man. Uh, yes. I always tell no, people like <laughs> I'm like, Sean is Sean is G, like when it comes to like programming, if you can give him enough feedback and he has enough time to work with you, super fucking like on point, like. Coach, whatever, but he's like it's like a reverse thing, like Mr. Miyagi or like Yoda, where like he kind of hates it at the same time. Like he doesn't want to <laughs> do the fucking art of lifting or whatever's going on. Like he's just like, he'll he'll give you the proper training, but at the same time, he'll be like, do something else, get a get a life outside of this. Like he keeps you balanced and stuff. So it's like I compared- love it. Hey,
3: hey, listen, listen. He's the, the Phil bar- Jackson, bro. We're like <laughs> Scotty and Jordan. The bar goes up, <laughs> the bar goes
2: down such is life
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: no I'm excited I think uh, I think it's gonna be a fun meet I, I, I'm I mean personally like I don't get starstruck by all the other you know big names that are going like it's great to see people and like I'm just more excited to hang out with the boys and have I a good a meet that. yeah uh that's that's what gets me more excited about meets than anything like even when we went to the Kerr and like just hanging out at the Airbnb with like Dan Bell and like all of them like was more fun and like getting in and bar can, was fucking
1: and you meet everybody yeah going out to the bar can. and
2: then like like chatting just... Joe Sullivan's ear off and then Garrett talking everybody else's ear off
0: everybody <laughs> like was in little... such a great mood like it was yeah. it was a, a perfect place for everybody to get together I think. yeah
2: so. me I could I could personally give a shit when everybody lifts. Um, um i just want everybody just want to everybody have fun to... you know <laughs> like go out and do your best great but like you know i think the, the fun in meets is you know once the lifting stops or like yeah. in between lifts mm-hmm. the hanging out the powwow so it's like an excuse to tailgate basically
1: One bonds over all the the training and like the camaraderie of it stuff but a lot of that's done it's almost like you, you can all just relate to the experience of it. Cause a lot of it's done like by yourself. You know what I mean? Like Craig trains by himself majority of the time I trained by myself a lot of the time alone, you know, for the, the last half of my workouts, you know, after like the main work and stuff. And yeah. uh, I feel like it's all like, like Sean, like Sean was in a fraternity and like, that was like how you guys became so close. You bonded over fucking horrific, terrible experiences. Like you became a brotherhood over that, you know? And I yeah. think, that's kind of developed like, like a common enemy, which and, common like, enemy. in yeah. powerlifting, the
2: common enemy is the weights, mm-hmm. the aches and, and pains.
1: You don't even know somebody for like more than 10 minutes. And it's like, if you can just kind of like get a vibe that you like relate and they train and like, they're serious about it. Like you're it's trying to prices. your boys already, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of like the thing, like even like walking
2: around like, um, like commercial gyms, I see somebody like repping out you know, five plates plus on, you know, squatter dead. Mm-hmm. All right. I can have a conversation with this guy, at least about training and like, you know, what it's like or whatever. Like I can relate. Cause this is not just some fly by the night person, right? This person's put some consistency in, yeah. right. You know, they've put in some effort. They've, they've restructured their life to make concessions for training at some point. Uh, you know, there's, there's going to be some kind of common ground there.
1: Versus almost like that, like, like, you know? Like, you, yeah. kinda, you can vibe with what they do because you do the same shit. The Iron Brotherhood. The the Iron Brotherhood Brothers. Brothers. Oh, dude, I'm stoked. It's, I'm going to feel like a fucking bus hit me on the next day, though. Last year, Kirk and I didn't do shit the entire day. I didn't even speak to him. He just stayed in his room the whole time. We didn't eat at all. Like, maybe you got Burger King. You didn't even finish yeah, it. Uh, no. That was <laughs> <is> that
3: sick, <laughs> Dude, not doing that again this year. <laughs> no, oh, man. Yeah, the current I was fine. I wasn't that bad beat up. I was hungover, but I was not that sore. Not compared to the showdown. I was fucked up.
1: Yeah. I don't. We didn't even eat a whole lot that weekend either, though. Besides, like that Arby's and shit, ninety dollars. Yeah. Worth.
3: Fucking- yeah i just ate yeah i just ate a fucking pop tarts and <laughs> breakfast <So about> <laughs> breakfast
1: sandwiches Sean got. i go i go where are we going to get breakfast sean's like oh well craig always gets gas station sandwiches so i just figured this would probably be better
3: for him i did good too I, I fucking- ate them all <laughs> weeks, <bro. laughs> yeah i got those like egg white delights yeah yeah, yeah. and they were delicious <laughs> do you have that I had that, some Gatorade, and I was fucking ready to go then. That was <laughs> a perfect day. That
2: I was I a typical
3: squat it, Sunday day. My, I micro, my
2: microwave <laughs> egg
1: sandwich, <laughs> a Gatorade, and my vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's what I always say on meat day, Do it's, it's jet fuel. You got black coffee, a bang, and a belly full of ready to go. That's it. You don't eat for the rest of the day. I'm terrified so yeah,
0: by the shits you guys must take.
3: <laughs>
0: the bathroom at a powerlifting meet, like I'm right gross. before it starts, yeah. It's so the, meet,
1: the 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 ba- the bathrooms at the venue are actually pretty huge. It's like a locker room kind of style, and there's like a bunch of stalls and stuff. But they were still like, I mean, you can imagine just like you know a hundred more square footage, filled fucking slobs being in there, just fucking taking caffeine shits all day. It's not going to be a good vibe, but.
0: Um, <laughs> nervous d-ball caffeine
1: shits (laughs) you You plug yourself up for the day we got to get that too yeah i I
2: swear to god like people go in there to take shits and it's just steamed vengeance that comes out
1: (laughs) (laughs) Dude, it's better than a porter potty bro those meats are the worst you don't even want to use those yeah hot porter potty outside not
0: you want to be the first one
2: that's what always tells me it's a good floor to meet when I walk on to the premises and I can smell where the bathroom is. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Ninety degrees outside. And here's a Porta John tucked in the corner of some gym's parking lot.
1: Did Jordan's that- meet have a, a porta potty outside or did they have bathrooms inside? No, the, so
0: the ba- the bathroom was out of service. Yeah, I remember, I going, I remember no, going I remember going
1: to gyms have terrible plumbing.
2: Well,
0: well, I
1: mean,
2: I don't think it's a terrible experience
0: that they went through.
2: Yeah, I don't think it's that the bathroom has terrible plumbing. I think it's uh, more of like the plumbing was made for the normal population of person and diet. And then you throw 100 power lifters in there in the course of the day.
1: (laughs) We're eating 400 grams of protein, a (laughs) a pop. Yeah. No one, no one
2: expected the first morning shit to go in there is going to be a fucking a ribeye and two
0: pounds of hash browns. So. Maybe that's
1: I, mother honest,
0: boys. Honestly, I think that's why Rich has to keep changing hotels. You know, for he's the just meat. <laughs> yeah, honestly, this keeps think, destroying
2: their plumbing.
1: He's told yeah. me that so many different times. But like he has a battle of the base somewhere, and then like they either plan on doing it again or like they'll have the gen there, like the follow-up. And then there's always just some gigantic falling out with the hotel. Like <laughs> they can do like two meets, like a battle of the day and the gen or maybe like a state meet or something. And then they're just fucking like, you're out, you're done. <laughs> like
0: don't they cl- They had to close the bathrooms off at two of the hotels. I remember, I remember some of the bathrooms at the expo center, which had tons of bathrooms all the way around the building. And a couple of those, but I love
1: but that venue. The Tampa is better.
0: Yeah. So, but there were also events going on. So there was strongman, there was CrossFit, there was um, weightlifting, and then the powerlifting in its corner. That bathroom stunk the most. So even out of all of the other strength sports, it was still powerlifting <laughs> that, that the had worst. the worst bathroom.
1: We were the smelly kid class.
0: Yeah, and then the powerlifting meet was in the corner. It was in the back corner of the do you remember? Yeah.
1: I like that spot though. It was it was I don't know. I was that that's like a sentimental meet for me. I like that one. That one was fun because we, we went there, Craig and I the first year, and then the next year everyone else in the gym basically competed at that meet. Sean did, all the like Rachel. I mean it was it was cool.
2: Yeah. It's one of my better memories of, of meets.
1: And Did you, you have more cool. fun at that one or Battle of the Bay, Sean?
2: Well, that one, I was so fucking mad at Battle of the Bay for getting stuck in traffic by, because that person decided to die on the interstate. <laughs> and get oh, light you,
1: I forgot <laughs> that too. I was like, what, the fuck, Sean? So I late. was
2: running so hot and like, I, I was <laughs> so fucking ready to go look, like murder a, a barbell.
0: And, <laughs> <I> like, wait,
2: <laughs> and then, like, I'm watching the clock
0: like we even left
2: early we left like an hour earlier than we needed to in order to normally get there and we still didn't make it in time and i'm like i'm like uh like like texting rich being like oh i'm like on the way i've been on the way for an hour now and i'm stuck on like the before the last exit to turn off the howard franklin for 45 minutes now they said well they're all here and ready to go and some of them are equipped so they're already in their suits and stuff and warmed up i'm like i'm trying man <laughs> like, I'm t- <laughs> I <wanna> <laughs> like, like i can't get out of the car on the interstate and run there faster like, like there's a person died i guess on the interstate and so we tried to take the courtney campbell the other bridge and like that one was backed up because everybody was avoiding the other one it's like and then yeah so then eventually i'm just like i'm calling it man like if you'll put me on the sunday roster i'll do that so like not only had i like you know i didn't really cut weight but like i was like managing my weight to make sure i wasn't going to be like over cuz i was like walking around around like 270 then and so i had to weigh like 264 or whatever it is stupid weight class uh, and uh yeah and so then like not only did I have to not compete that night, which I had like peaked for that day and like was fucking on edge with, I had to coach everybody the following day and like load plates and do all that and weigh in and then lift the f- that Sunday. So, yeah, I definitely liked the other meet better where everybody just babied me on Friday night. And I
3: you still just, killed it though. <laughs> you still killed it though on that day. With well, I, like, handling I, like, all day. I only
1: pissed or whatever too, right? what was all the coaches yeah that friday night at
2: battle of the bay was it's all coaches reality.
1: it was so fast
2: yeah which i actually prefer that because like that's about how my workouts go you know like if i'm gonna i don't do squat bench and deadlift at each workout but i you know squat and deadlift each workout so it's like i'm usually ready for that and that's when like when in college doing usapl meets and stuff like that's the way those go pretty much like there's, like, you know, a morning and afternoon session, so you get all three lifts done within probably four hours or less um, versus, like, all day. Um, I feel like a
1: so food spot is, like, a nine to four. Like, that gives you optimal time to, like, kind of chill in the middle, but you will also get out of there so you can go get food and, like, beat traffic and stuff. And uh, I don't know. That's yeah. Because like we've all been to meets that were, like, like, your meet was cool. Like, it was done that fast, but I would be tired as shit. Versus, like, there's, like, the 10-hour, 12-hour days, too, and those ones are, like... Yeah, that one evening, the... I
2: think it was USPA Florida State Regional, (laughs) 2018. Was that it, I think? Or 2019? Yeah, because it was before Rona. Uh, That one, I remember afterwards just, like, rolling up the back of my shirt and then laying on the cold concrete of the convention center because I just, like, my back (laughs) was so hot and fried from doing all the lifts back to back but then the next day we had to handle everybody like nick and i are like tossing ammonia bottles over the the canopies and stuff you know to get them across to the platforms and like running around with literally a notepad with everybody's attempts planned out
1: i remember when you guys so that was that was almost like the warm up meet to like get getting like that level of like organization, and then at battle of the day when you guys had a walkie talkie system, you had people at certain checkpoints like Steven or fucking uh, Adrian, uh, Adrian. like Adrian, were, like, yeah. yeah. room, like, make, like letting people know. Oh my god, dude, that was so, it was like
3: clock. That was a crazy day. week. Yeah,
2: that was a great system. I missed that. That was fun.
1: It was like secret service shit, and then Craig and I get like roped into fucking working the combo rack for squat warm-ups we were trying to help somebody that was like one of our guys and we just ended up doing it for all four flights and we were fucking like stoked right. there was like there was like <laughs> a line like elementary school of people and i was like i was like what height do you want what weight and then they would tell me and i was like bark <laughs> it out like Bugman on a sunday and i would be like 425 combo height in 11 fucking blah, 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 blah. and like we were just moving dude yeah, it's always funny to see that at
2: meets because, like, you know, like, we usually adopt people, you know, like, there's always, like, a few people we know or whatever that, like, we're like, yeah, just run with us today if you don't have handler or whatever, like, get in with, you know, what are you opening with? Okay, you're kind of like this person in our group, like, just, you know, hang out with them, and so we'll load all the plates and stuff, um, but then it's funny because we usually have a crew and, like, everybody's spotting and loading and, like, doing that, and we're efficient with our rack there's like the vultures that like float around that see that like, Hey, people here are actually warming up and getting warmed up in time for their attempts and stuff like that. Like I need to get warmed up. I need this. Oh, they're loading plates. Maybe they'll load my plates. And that's
0: like, no, this is why it's smooth. Cause you're not here messing it up. <laughs> yeah.
2: Unfortunately, you there's here training to- partners From-
1: like that too, that feel like they can, I have like, at the gym I train at, like, it'll be like that sometimes where like you'll get somebody that works in that's like not like super contributing to like the overall okay. flow of the rack, like loading and getting the fucking things adjusted, hooks in and out rack heights and stuff. So it's like, I'll do it for somebody all day, but if they're not doing it back, like, sorry. Fuck you. <laughs> <That's not me. laughs> that's not me. Sorry. Sorry.
0: <laughs> rule, a, rule of thumb rule of thumb if you're like wor- rule of thumb if you're mm-hmm. working in a system like the only time that you don't have to do something is immediately after your attempt, right? That's so, right. Like, yeah. So you sit down, you get your bearings, everyone's supportive of that, and then you you move back through.
1: Craig, what, what weight were you at when someone made you fucking go down to the bar right
3: before you went at the current?
1: Was it Nick Best?
3: Yeah, yeah, it was like best. <laughs> Big best yeah, flights. I was like so best like- after my last warm up. I was at eight uh, eight thirty seven, my last warm up, and I'm already days. ready to go. And I'm like, I'm buffed if the flights already started. So we, I'm got eight thirty seven, my last the warm up. For you, yeah, I know. <laughs> 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 last flight, the most dumbest thing ever. Take all the weight off just to put the uh, just do a plate for him. He was
1: so nice. He was a cool guy. I just don't think he understood like what the situation was, maybe.
3: Yeah, he is nice, but that was like fucking pissed me off right there. <laughs> yeah, it always
2: it always bugs me when like you get going in a warm up room and like you see like there's a bunch of guys that are all like one after another in a flight. Like, um, and this happened at Battle of the Bay. Like that day I was competing. That like there was like four or five of us that like I knew who all the guys were that were competing with. Like one of them was like even like like Ryan, um, that boy right and like i was like all right yeah so i'm gonna be before him in deadlifts but i'm probably gonna be after him in squats in our flight and then like bench i'm probably at the beginning of the flight because fuck bench and my gimp arm um but yeah like they were all warming up and we're all doing shit and like and then like random guy would come up and be like "Yo, i need like two plates i'm like dude we're all north yeah, of right. five plates right now like <laughs> yeah. we're all, yeah. like, st- like we're all we're all we're all beltless squatting five plates plus to like warm up to get you going here to all squat you know somewhere between six and seven hundred pounds you know how
0: about
1: when when you're you're in the warm-up room and you're warming up you you have like the set number of plates you need for your warm-ups right because
2: like people come and take them
1: and someone comes up and grabs it you're like hey i'm gonna need that in like four sets and they're like fuck you man i need it right now Dude, that
3: yeah, you lot. need it right I, now I, for your <laughs> one.
1: Play
3: one play, yeah. You know, you
1: know the kind of person I am. Like, dude, I'm very passive. I don't fucking do that. I at that same battle of the babies, some dude grabbed a 45 that I needed and I kind of like bowed up at him. I was like, we fucking need that now, bro. Like you can't yeah. fucking take that. And yeah, that's like the thing it's like I kind of felt that. We we're like, we're
2: like all like, on the like, when you know he,
3: you when you know where you're at, like this is a different level. When you're like squat eight, nine hundred pounds. You st- you're fucking, you have authority over some people
2: when it comes to shit like yeah. that. Well, even just like <laughs> if you're in a group, like, you know there's been more than, but, like,
1: it's like the common rule, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's courtesy. Just
2: respect what's yeah. going on. Like,
1: like I like, but that's what I mean. Like, literally, like, guys would come up to, lay like, the racks, there's like
2: five or six of us that have all been warming up together, and then, like, you know, we're all in sequence, and then, like, I was like, yeah, can I get a plate? Like, no, you can find a different rack, though. <laughs> like not to be a dick, but like, <laughs> like yeah, you can get a plate on a different rack. Like we've already been doing all this. Like you should have you should have started warming up 20 minutes ago, bro. Like
1: the best feeling is when Craig and I fucking usually go in the warm up room. We just get a rack to ourselves. And it's just like you will be like five oh, working on one, and then it's just like me and Craig and like maybe one other Yeah,
2: the, the Miami uh the throwdown, right? you have the whole thing to himself
1: craig is warming up and we're just
2: there we started warming up we started warming up during flight a <laughs>
3: like, yeah he was flight, C, and he was like <laughs> and,
2: and then uh yeah we started warming up like halfway through flight a like got lucky with somebody was like warming up and had two plates or something on and just had him take that as his first and i just kept going and people in like flight B are trying to warm up. <laughs> and, like
3: we're like, like yeah, they yeah, stopped yeah. after I got over once I got over like five plates where they were like, yeah, it's like
2: like Craig got to like six or seven plates and then like nobody would he would just hang his belt on the bar and like nobody touched it. It just sat there. Like I was telling
1: Nick the story the other day and. uh... He was doing his his last warm-up was like 825 or something like that. And so, like, with all those pound plates, like, it looks stupid. So, like, it was already tight there because it was the brewery. So, it was a tight back room. Everyone's kind of, like, crowded around Craig. And, like, we have spotters. And Jeremiah's got his back, too. And, like, he goes out to do it. And he fucking – he hits the bottom super fast. And, like, he doesn't shit his pants, but it smells like he does. He just fucking (laughs) rips a badass fart, comes up. Dude, that whole room is clear. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone was so tight yeah. on him to watch yeah. the spot. That's, like, <laughs> <laughs> That's when I know yeah, I'm ready.
3: That's when I know I'm ready. All them spectators
1: <laughs> weren't expecting them taters. <laughs> yeah. oh, man. Nobody was expecting any of those taters. That's when Craig used to still drop the bottom out of his squats. Like I was telling him that the other day, how like it's so much more impressive how he just controls it now versus like just throwing it as fast as he fucking can at the bottom. Yeah, of the back just, of the- just just just. The 880 would just be like, like it would just be. I remember your opener was the, the stupidest thing I've ever
3: seen. <laughs> yeah, now I do it. It's just more controlled and more powerful. I actually yeah. learn how to squat now, which is took me over yeah, four was, years. Well,
1: we talked about I was talking about it the other day with you when you squatted with Ray Williams that time, and you guys didn't do anything heavy, but like he did like seven seventy, you did like seven sixteen or whatever, but like. He was just like, damn. He's like, you always go down that fast? And you're like, yep. He's like, well, you'll figure it out at some <laughs> point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> them tempo squats really paid off. They did, honestly. Yeah, tempos
2: and pauses.
1: I thought you were going to have me do a ton of that this prep, Sean, and it was like the opposite of that, and I'm kind of happy because I did a lot of that in the offseason when I you had Craig do it.
2: But I think um, I only had you really do them this last week because you have your openers, right? and then so it was like your light sets we had pauses on
1: yeah i hit the pause squats. i was i was telling i was like i was like i haven't done fours in fucking like four weeks he's got me doing a four by four with pauses but i haven't done all prep i was telling craig craig messaged me he goes he goes you're feeling lightheaded aren't you And and he's like he's like no but i just know how i feel when i do that shit and like, I, was like, Bro. I held my breath the entire time. Like the, the time. I got to that fourth rep, I was like, dude,
3: dude.
1: and then like I rack it, and I always have to just kind of sit for a second and just kind of like figure out where I'm at, and like
0: dizzy. Like,
1: yeah. Hold on, you know, safety spot.
0: Well, I think we've got a fun topic we can go over. We discussed it a little in the chat, right? You boys being college athletes, you guys having some strength and conditioning experience in your, um, in your individual sports. Right.
1: Yeah. I think,
0: yeah. I, it, Go on.
1: I was, talking was to somebody, I was talking to somebody the other day about like something kind of similar to that. And it's like, um, it's like a skill acquisition thing. So it's like the more people, like the more things that you're kind of good at before you get really good at something, it like, it kind of sets you up better. Like you get, you develop a wider range of like, skill acquisition i guess as far as um just general like ability or like motor patterns or whatever but like if you're good at a sport and you don't really like reach your potential at that and then you do another sport and you're good at it you develop like tendencies almost like training wise mentality wise like how to push like hard work and like just how you approach it so by the time you do finally get to something that like really really clicks like for me it's like i did wrestling i did football and then i'm really really you know I'm better this is the best thing i'm the thing i'm best at Um, it's because of that foundation from the other things that, like, you kind of get to that point in a rambly kind of (laughs) highway.
3: It's just a discipline. It's a discipline from the other, like, doing football all those years and makes transitioning to football, I mean, uh, powerlifting so much easier. That's what, for me, honestly, that's what it was. Because I already had this strength. It was just teach me the, the powerlifting strength. And I just, it came really natural to me. Sorry, did yeah, you like really. playing football more, Craig, or did you like – the weight room was always my favorite part of football. <laughs> I, would, I like I I football. I, I like crazy. the off-season. I like pushing at the weight room. I did like – football was fun if it was certain parts of it, but, yeah, I do always like the weight training part because I was the strongest, so it was fun. Yeah.
0: So just to give it some context, uh, the topic is sports training and pro athletes – You know, should they be trying to get faster and stronger in the offseason? And let's say, for example, an overhead athlete uh, doing med ball slams and twists and rotational stuff. Uh, Is it a waste of time or, you know, because it's not really that specific and we're not really measuring and managing anything or it's a saving grace for the athlete's health. It's productive for conditioning. And there actually is a carryover for the sport.
1: I think that there's a certain level of, and I'll let Sean talk more about this because I feel like he's, he can probably make it sound smarter, but I was talking to my uncle about it the other day because he was like trying to like rationalize, I guess, because I was telling him like what I squatted last week. He's like, so like, what is like a, like, what is like an NFL like lineman probably squat? Like he's like, are they squatting that much? Like whatever. And I was like, no, I mean like probably like around like 600, Six. like that will probably be really good. Like 700, like if you get like a freak, but like the form's never crazy or anything, but there's a certain trade-off. Like the more, like I'm extremely sports-specific. So like for what I do, like I'm really good at going up and down in one plane of direction with with weight on my back. But as a football player, like you got to be good at football. You got to be good at running, explosive, flexibility, endurance, and everything else. And like so, you almost look at squats as like your accessory. As like, that's going to enhance as that, but it's it's not going to it's not going to be like your your end-all, be-all thing. So like. You have to so I'm I'm optimizing my squat ability but I'm also depleting my endurance my fucking athleticism everything else So there and be really good at one pass of it and as an athlete I feel like you gotta have more of a broad range so everything's gonna be kind of more
0: neutral so the, each other. So the, the the argument a lot of times ends up being well why not just play the sport as much as you can be in those scenarios as much as you can and then just get more explosive And be stronger, or you know, just
3: I think, or just just
0: be stronger. I mean, I'm just saying this as the argument, right? So it's just be really strong and get in as many sports scenarios as possible, as specific as they can get.
2: I think that, I mean, that's kind of the general idea of a lot of strength and conditioning, like as a strength and conditioning, I, I guess, coach, um, or Specialist in some way, like I would be a pariah if I said you shouldn't be getting stronger and faster in the off season, no matter what sport you're in. Like that's the ultimate goal of every off season is come back harder, better, faster, stronger. Everything Yeezy can throw at you, you know, Um, because it's like time to improve on things that you need that are specific to your sport, right? And like Shane was saying, like you need certain sports specific adaptations and carry over and other things are a little less sport specific but like if we're looking at the gas principle right general adaptation syndrome like your body is going to adapt to things that are imposed upon it um but we have to filter that through the lens of like seds right specific adaptation to impose demands right which is kind of how we Go from the generality of strength and explosion or aerobic conditioning into what is sport specific, right? Like, I don't think a med ball slam is real sport specific to any sport, right? Um, unless it's just your sport is med ball slamming, right? That's not like a 100% pure sport specific movement. Um, but Can that explosiveness and like that kind of like uh, elastic rebound and like stretch reflex conditioning, like be useful. Yeah, maybe. But like for what, you know, it just depends. Um, And I think that's like where the argument does become like uh, for a lot of athletes, they're almost doing too much in the weight room to mimic sport play Um, versus realizing that the weight room and like your off-season, like conditioning and strength training is supposed to be general for the most part, right? And then via, you know, practice, right? Like practicing your sport or even playing a different sport that's analogous, right? Will kind of condition you to some of the more sport-specific things. Like a, a good example is like, at least a good example that like I've seen is uh, like Olympic weightlifters, right? They're very similar to powerlifters. Like so it's a maximal effort sport. It's a lot of squatting. It's a lot of pulling, you know. But it's a little more explosive, right? They have to come back stronger and more explosive every year, otherwise they don't get better and they're no longer competitive. But they take a pretty healthy off season usually, and most of them after like the Olympic quad cycle won't even weightlift for months they'll take three or four months completely off from weightlifting no squatting no no pulling no pressing no barbells Uh, but like they'll do other things like they'll do you know plyometric jumps and stuff like that or they'll play like volleyball and basketball something that keeps them explosive with their legs but removes a lot of external loading you know and it increases their conditioning gets them ready and although that's not really strongly sports specific, that one, it, it that one adaptation that they're trying to carry over, you know, can kind of stay. Um, so I think it's like, uh, like as a coach, like you got to pick and choose and like good coaches pick things that are going to have a strong return on investment. Right. Like, good word. <laughs> so like how much time do I have with this athlete? How much recovery do they have capacity wise? So like how much stimulus can I give them that they're going to come back with? And like, yeah, if I, if I like, so like to make an asinine example, like if I'm trying to get Shane and Craig ready for a powerlifting meet and I'm like, oh, you guys got to up your conditioning, right? Well, if I give them an hour and a half of fucking battle ropes, yeah, that's going to up their conditioning. They're going to, they're going to increase their lactic threshold from more than what it is now doing zero conditioning, but it's going to take away from their recovery time for that day. It's going to do nothing to facilitate them being stronger at squatting, benching, or deadlifting. It's going to overall detract from the goal that we want to hit. Um, Sean, do you so, remember
1: when, do you remember we were in California for Craig's last meet? And we were walking around, and he was so he, he, he like he was just getting he was getting back pumps. He he couldn't walk around; it was too hot. Like it was just like it was killing him. And we were we were all just joking about it, but at the same time, you're just like, well, he has spent the last five months specifically training his body to do one thing: maximum effort for ten seconds, and that's it. That's it. <laughs> so,
2: that was, the yeah. the and, and the rest of the time, and like we got rid of like the high rep sets and stuff like that. We didn't do a whole lot of volume training. We started doing more um, like tempo work and pauses and stuff like that. And I know Craig, and I know he's got that folding chair at the gym, and I guarantee, goddamn, to you that, like, (laughs) in between every set. You know what Craig was doing? Sitting, Sitting in my ass <laughs> <Yeah>,
1: That's <laughs> fucking optimal,
2: Sean. That's it's optimal. optimal. That's like we started yes, making a joke about the wheelchair. Remember the wheelchair <laughs> joke? Where'd the, like, where'd the Lieutenant Dan wheelchair go, Nick? <laughs>
1: <Yeah. So, laughs> we all up to the, the rack.
2: Yeah. So hey, yeah. Gonna...
0: That was actually meant for somebody that needed it, so I had to give it back. Yeah. So, Nick,
2: I, I remember, guys, I had that wheelchair for a lieutenant dan costume for halloween one year but like we would make jokes about it and they're like yeah this is going to be the best way to squat like you just go up there like you get wheeled up you, you literally it's like it's like the next step of the monolith evolution right is do that like you get possible. with do as little <laughs> as possible get wheeled up under the bar all you gotta do is stand up out of the wheelchair and brace and get ready and then stand up the squat and then squat it and then monolith racks it and then you sit back down into the wheelchair and get carted off it's like put an oxygen tank on there oh my god dave hoff is probably creaming his pants right now thinking about this <laughs> like you know um
1: but anyways, makes yeah. it almost hard to sit there and compare generations of lift i mean i think that's with every sport but like it's not necessarily that people get stronger or that they get better as you know powerlifters but i think it's more so just the accessibility to good equipment good information good training and good recovery you know what i mean like that's like been the biggest thing we're just utilizing things much more yeah
2: but to um, like circle back to like the original question about like sports specific training like collegiate athletes and stuff like that like i think there's a certain amount of strength training that is necessary for any athlete right like if if you are in an off season like your <clears throat> in almost any sport, your main goal is to gain, and I'm going to qual- qualify this statement. Your your main goal is to gain quality muscle tissue relative to your sport and quality metabolic capacity. Meaning, like the and the way you define that quality is based on like your sport specific need, right? So, like you don't necessarily have to gain a whole lot of muscle tissue, right? Like to get that much more explosive at tennis, right? But having a stronger VMO, right? Or uh, a better developed hamstring and like, um, you know, gastrics and soleus, like to
1: super strong adductors, abductors, because you make Right. hold with that shit. To
2: protect yeah. your knees. Yeah, protect your knees. Like tennis is one of the highest per capita, like knee injury sports. They protect your knees, be able to cut and jive, you know, push off when you're, um, diving across the court a little harder and faster than the next guy, right? Like you have to do that because you have to develop those things because you know what the other guy is, right? So if you're not trying to be as fast as you can, as light as you can, right? Then you're not going to beat the next guy on the court. Right. So
1: I think that's a cool point though, because that's almost like, that's how you want to think. You know what I mean? Like everyone has an equal advantage opportunity when it comes to lifting and, you know, getting, so everyone's not, everyone can sign up for a meet, but it's like what you're doing in that 12 weeks leading up to it, that's more optimal than the other guy to get you ready when he's not. And that right. could be from training recovery, even just like health and just, you know, making sure everything else is, you got to cover every little bit.
2: Yeah. If you're not doing it, like there's a, there's this old, um, Nick, you might remember this saying, I had it written on the, the shed. So that weightlifting shed I used to lift in behind my parents' house right out of college. Um, there was a saying, I, I don't know, probably heard it on Reddit or something like that stupid. And I just bought into it as an Olympic weightlifter at the time. It was that every day you don't train, a Russian does. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, it basically everything you're not doing, somebody else is, and then they're going to win. It's kind of like the old like way of the samurai adage right like for every day that you don't train your enemy does and when you when you meet him he will defeat you um so like yeah you have to do what you can i think the the, like the real purpose of the question though is like how much does some of these things really add right like like doing speed ladders and stuff like that like as far as conditioning work and or you know tissue conditioning, right. For your ankles and knees and hips, like for a power lifter, eh, probably not that valuable. Like, yeah, you need to get some lateral (laughs) force vectors and stuff like that. You know, you can't just always go up and down. You got to prepare for some of those tangential forces, but should you be doing speed ladders and, you know, uh, like shuttle sprints side to side and stuff like that every training session every week, or even for a large part of your off season? No, probably not you could probably do some walking side lunges and some Cossack lunges and stuff like that. Like we, we do, you know, to build your groin for squatting and pulling and stuff, but speed ladder might be more applicable for a tennis player, right? Cause they have to shuttle step and stuff like that pretty often in their sport. And so like conditioning those tissues to those forces um, and, you know, just basically conditioning, like, kind of like the nerve feedback loop, right? Of that like, I'm going to push off as soon as I feel I, I've touched the ground, right? Like that's a feedback loop that goes all the way up from your toes to your your spine, right? And like a lot of these things that we take for granted are, are spinal reflexes, which can't really be trained in the sense, like it's not like a learnable skill. Like the hamstring reflex is not really a learnable skill, um, but it can be like, conditioned right like because nerves work on what we call like rate coding so if you can trigger like that reflex like a stretch reflex more and more often and you can micro load it basically or micro progress that stimulus like your body is going to continue to myelinate and and increase density of dendrites from those nerves and things like that and, and myelinate meaning like coding the actual nerve it's going to basically make that nerve feedback loop stronger and more efficient, right? So that's going to be just a little bit faster, just a little bit. And like, we're talking about like the level of like Hertz, like how we measure frequency, right? Like thousands of impulses a second, right? But like the more of those you get, technically the, the faster you are, the stronger you are, the more muscle fibers you're recruiting, stuff like that. So like, yeah, there's a purpose to some of these, but also a lot of those, like rate coding things or like nerves myelinating themselves are kind of general adaptations that also happen with other types of training, like strength training. It's just how much do we need to prioritize time one for the other? So like, I don't, I don't think there is, there's there's never going to be like a black and white answer to it. Uh, Other than like, I don't think there is any athletic need for somebody to be balancing on a BOSU ball like pretending to dribble, right, Uh, blindfolded, and then trying to catch a tennis ball with, you know, their opposite hand. You know, that kind of shit that you see on YouTube. Like, that's just a a very high-risk exercise or training stimulus that for the amount of carryover it's going to give you, that tiny one-thousandth of a percent increase versus the almost guaranteed ankle snap probably not worth
0: it yeah so yeah so for me it always just seems like there's this gray area and a lot of coaches with some of these um sport specific skills can kind of tiptoe inside of this gray area and really assume the carryover or the benefit right so. so like a speed ladder right like how good do you really need to get at a speed ladder and how long should you be doing this speed ladder for? Is it necessary? Right. Should we just throw the speed ladder in periodically or just have you do it twice? All right. You got it down enough. All right, great. Let's just move on. Well, it's on. like,
2: for instance, like catching drills, right? Like catching is a skill that has to be mastered, right? Like, and so you see catchers a lot of times they go to uh, you know, baseball specific training centers that have like, you know, automated pitchers and stuff like that. And they just sit there and they just catch. Right. And they'll catch with their opposite hand even because there's actually been some studies to show that like using like the contralateral side, right. And training that helps develop hand-eye coordination, even on the other, like just overall general adaptation of basically like your optic nerve, um, will allow you better carryover, but how much time should you be sitting in that squat position and on like an unstable surface and pretending like you're down there and catching tennis balls and things thrown at you sideways, like probably not a lot <coughs> sitting there and getting somebody like while you're in your actual catcher's position and doing it and practicing that is going to be an easy way to refine that skill. Um how much should a catcher in baseball be bench pressing? Probably not at all. Right? they got to be able to throw and, you know, so they have to have a healthy shoulder to throw, but like, when are they going to ever actually have to do any movement similar to a bench press? Right. So it's like exercise selection becomes the issue. And <coughs> like, as far as you were saying, um, like the carryover percentage, like the thing that came to mind for me was like, How much of this is actually like, well, like it makes me question like how smart are some of the trainers that are doing this? How many of them know like, yeah, this isn't really doing a whole lot, but it's getting the athlete to buy in and do the rest of the stuff that they need to be doing.
1: Which I think is the biggest part of anything. You got to be 100%. Yeah. Yeah. What's what I mean? Like, you know, like if I could
2: get, if I can, if I can get like a teenage kid to get through his four or five working sets of squats and RDLs and stuff like that with the promise that we're doing some fun, goofy exercise, you know, like drop, sprint, distance, throw McTwist 9,000 that I just made up that I'm telling him is super sport specific. And it might be in some ways, like he might be mimicking different motions and stuff like that of his sport. In it, but it's probably not going to ever train him for, something specific in play but i can get him bought in to the stuff he needs to do first right and then give him something fun afterwards then yeah i would probably do that like i would totally sell that boat down the river you know uh it's just like i don't know if a lot of them are a lot of these trainers or you know coaches that we see online like posting these videos and stuff like i don't know if they are they are doing it for that reason, or they're just like, they're trying to appear like they have some secret exercise that's making these people pro athletes. When like in reality, like nowadays we know most people that are pro athletes, like they're going to be pros no matter how they trained. Right. As long as they got enough of a training stimulus. Right. And they pushed themselves effort wise and like recovered and they got they got enough field time they were going to kind of rise to the top right like there is kind of that like upper echelon of just like potential that some people have um you've got to train hard in any sport to become the best out of all of those people but like i mean it there's no way i was going to ever be you know michael jordan at basketball even if I even though I stood in my driveway and I shot thousands of free throws as a kid and I tried, like I'm not going to be tall enough. I'm not going to be fast enough. Right. I'm not going to be able to jump as high. Um, like I may be amazing at draining threes, but everything else in the game, I'm going to suck at, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like <clears throat> me training some specific, you know, lateral shuttle steps, this, and then doing specific sprint intervals and blah, 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 blah that are timed down to the, you know, the second of like, you got to do a 60 second sprint and then a 45 second sprint and then a 30 second sprint. Cause it's optimal. Eh, is it like, you know, it's going to push me to my potential. Right. But once you get there, right. Like eh, it's probably the people that are at the top. were always going to be the ones that got to the top. If they were training hard enough and recovering, right. Their bodies are just not designed to be that way, but are best developed for it or best suited to it.
0: Um, well, and how and much it, of it is an industry standard and <coughs> what they're expecting? And you're not going to be able to train these people because you don't have all these the whole u-
2: circus to bring to town.
0: You don't have the circus to bring to town. And a lot of agencies are looking to bring their athletes to somebody that everyone else has been to. And yeah. they have a lot of money tied up in it and these athletes and they just want to make sure the athlete is fulfilled and safe. They don't want their money hurt. So how, how much of it is this, you know? I think, I think
2: it's a lot, honestly. Um, It's like why we see people that become like these, you know, Hollywood star trainers that people go to or whatever, like, you know, like, Oh, I've got to go study under this guy for MMA or, Gotta to go to this throwing coach and this, like, and like that's where um probably the biggest predictor of whether their method or you know their style of training and stuff like that is honestly predicted by success stories. How many success stories do they have uh versus like their injury rate or their like per capita intake, right? Because like, yeah, if you have a thousand successful baseball pitchers, you know, that came to you in your throwing school right uh, and you only had a thousand people apply and come but they all got scholarships that's great that's a hundred percent right now if that becomes a thousand out of ten thousand that came there and the other nine thousand all left needing like Tommy John surgery and like rotator cuff repairs and like just their career was ruined right but that one out of ten you made great like uh, I would say that maybe your method works but is maybe not the best. What did you right. say earlier? The uh,
1: the cost reward ratio, right? the
2: return on investment, basically return on investment. like yeah. like yeah, which is basically another way of saying your risk versus reward. Like how much time and effort are you going to put in this, and like what's your return on it, right? So, um, I think.
0: But also, lot- too, rem- remember going back to a lot of these athletes that were going to rise to the top. We're already going to do that anyway right so how much of it is to just generate more traffic and get more of those people uh, i mean that's,
2: that's what, what i think cool. a lot of it is though like that's like 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 the what we used to you know talk about football right when like you get a contract from football for college or whatever like we used to make this joke in school it's like yeah like a lot of colleges may go after the same athlete but back in the day with Florida state football if bobby bowden came to your house, sat down at your kitchen table, and looked your mama in the eye and said, I want your son to play for Florida State football. I'm going to make him great. You went and played for Florida State football, right? There is, like, this buy-in of, like, the cult of personality or, you know, these exercises and modalities. Like, that's why we see, I think, West Side and, like, Conjugate spreading a lot to colleges nowadays because there's this huge internet buy-in, and it's a very successful method. Is it the best thing for a tennis player? maybe if implemented correctly, it's the best thing for a football player. Well, powerlifting is probably better, you know, painted over football than tennis. But yeah, I think, I think there is a strong cult of personality, but that also, yeah, draws people in right. That cult of personality or like I'm going to have the best advanced training methods and systems like the whole Nebraska Husker weight room is tied to video, uh, for every platform, there's like a video and an iPad there and they can tell them their bar speed and trajectory and like map their bar paths and can tell them like they need greater wattage output for their force and stuff like that. So it can tell them to back off weight or add weight to get the same speed and velocity and make sure they're like trending in the right direction. So it's like, yeah, if I was a kid in the Midwest and I wanted to be one of the best athletes and I was going to go on a scholarship that would probably get me to buy in a little more to the idea of like I should train there because I'm gonna get the best training I can. this, this appears to be the best option for me.
0: Well, oh, and that the makes crazy thing, it, yeah, that, that the crazy thing is that just made the difference there. You actually just did now yeah. get great training. So
2: yeah, so that's where I, I think technology nowadays is making up the difference in like we can measure things so much better now. And like this is the thing I was thinking about the other night, like with like the velocity training on barbells, like open barbell and all of that, and like push, um, like we can we can actually measure whether somebody's moving a barbell faster or slower, you know, like we can map trajectory. So like in our specific sport, like we can objectively say now whether you did a lift better or worse, you know, this week versus last week. So like it's testable. It's not just like. Yep, good rep. That looked real good, brother. Next time, get a little lower, though. Like that, that mindset is going to go the way of Dodo Bird because people are going to be able to see through it. Like, not everybody that's telling you what to do knows what they're doing. Um, I don't know what I'm doing. They take everything I say with a grain of salt because all I'm doing is trying to piece together the puzzle, just like any other coach is. Um, but, you know, that it's going to, remove the veil from a lot of eyes. I think like all these specific exercises or like these dogmatic ways of doing things are going to get thrown out because people are going to be able to measure, well, I did it this way and I got this result. So I'm going to keep doing it that way, even though you may be the expert and whatever I now have data to prove the other, or we'll see that these experts and these people that have these things are going to be supported by the data eventually. So numbers don't lie
1: let me ask a question for you and nick because you guys both work with clients that are trying to reach reach goals and like obviously you're talking about buy-in like someone sees something online they're going to want to do it because they they see other people competing at like the highest level and breaking all these you know doing all these crazy things that like they're like oh i want to be a part of that too so then they come in with that expectation of like i'm gonna have these crazy awesome results because this is just a proven thing but obviously not everybody's going to have like that crazy genetic potential like you're saying it's so like not everyone's going to be able to sit there and be the best person at whatever they're choosing to do just because they they choose to put effort in but i guess in a long way of putting it around how do you keep someone's expectations manageable or realistic when they have super lofty goals and they want this that or whatever but at the same time like you can see that like either it's going to be a hike to get to that point or it's just not like that may not be in the cards for them. Go. Mm. You, you, you tell me Shane. (laughs) (laughs) What did I tell you back when you were starting? Well, uh, I mean, I'm just stubborn. So I guess Craig and I are outliers, but I'm saying like, I mean, like, I was very fortunate to get
2: you two big boys as athletes. Like you guys definitely have some really great genetic potential, but like, I, I think I gut punched both of you very early on say like, yeah, you're going to have to work for it. It's not going to happen overnight. You got to trust what you're doing. Like you want to be a thousand pounds squatter. Well, fucking good luck. That might not ever happen. Right. You got to be able to, you got to be able to to deal with that. that might not ever happen, but I'm going to work for it anyways. Right. And so I, I don't know. I'm also not the, uh, the hand holder, super nice coach. As I've been told, I like to give positive feedback when it's, when it's warranted. Like when somebody does something that's above and beyond just like doing the work they were supposed to do. Great. Good job. I'm I tell proud Craig, of you. When I,
1: when I get a heart back on the a fucking video I send you, it'll be like one in like 10. And I'm like stoked for that. Just that you just yeah. Like, click, click, click. Yeah, like that, that one yeah. was extra good. I'd
3: rather rather get criticized. At least I know what I fucked up on than I can work on it. Yeah, Yeah.
2: that's like, I I like to give people feedback on things that I think are actionable, right? Like, so, like, if I see you really fucking something up or, like, something that you can actually improve on and do, like, within the session, like, I'm going to send you the feedback. If I'm getting videos four and five hours later, I'm going to give you the cue and be like, hey, remember this, you know, think of it like this, try and remember that the next time. But like, if you're, if it's just, like I said, like, if it's just people going through the motions, doing their sets and reps, like my usual response is, well, okay, well, how does it feel? How do you feel, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how hard was today overall, or, you know, how beat up do you feel like, and if everything's kind of within the upper and lower boundaries of, you know, like, yeah, was today was like an eight out of 10. Everything moved. Okay. I feel a little banged up, but not too bad. Like, all right, welcome to powerlifting. Like, welcome to strength training. Like, that's <laughs> like nothing was too crazy, right? None of your, your form wasn't too off or too bad. You know, there, there's no trends, you know, like kind of just keep digging the trench, you know, keep, keep staying down there and keep digging. Uh, but, yeah.
1: What about know, you, as far as, like, gen pop? Like, do you feel like when people come in, do they already have, like, big lofty goals and you have to kind of, like, bring them back down to earth and settle it, or is, it like, you have to kind of instill goals in people or like things to try and shoot for because they maybe don't come from a background of like having goals in general. Like some people just don't really have like aspirations for things like that. And that's probably how they end up in not so great shape to begin with. So like you have to almost kind of put those in people. multi-layered question. Go Nick.
0: Well I hate to say that there are some people that you can instantly see that you don't want to work with just because uh-huh. you're just not going to get through to them. You know, they're just influenced by way too many outside things, right? Like ego and what they see on the internet and all this other stuff. So whatever I'm going to end up telling you at any point, it's just going to fall short and you're just not going to end up doing it. And what's the point of me being here and, and doing this? Um, I hate to say that there are some people that you just can't reach with that. So you can just tell that they're not going to have the buy-in for this stuff that you want to do. And you want to keep the integrity of what you do. And it's, un, you know, it's a little unfortunate, um, but I want to keep the integrity of what I do. You know, I'd, I'd love to be able to say I could bend enough or ex- explain it a different way or slowly get to them, but sometimes you just can't and some of those people you can read right away
2: yeah there's some people you realize you don't want to work with like that's kind of like what i mean like you got to give some people just like the, the straight gut punch at the beginning yeah. like i had i've had people message me even recently they'll message me somebody else's instagram uh be like i want to look like this person and i want to lift like them and like I want to be that strong and this and that I'm like all right. Uh, do you want to be infertile for the rest of your life? Do you want to do a shit ton yeah. of drugs and <laughs> just wreck your body? And they're like, well, no. I'm like, yeah. Then you don't really want to look like this person and do that because like their body does not look like that based on like life decisions you're willing to make. Like that's the god honest truth. Like don't even go down that road. Like if that's not something you're willing to do, like just remove it from your head. Right. Like. The juice not worth like,
1: squeeze to that
2: person. Yeah, the juice is not worth the squeeze, you know, you you know, it's
0: balancing giving them a dose of reality, but also tying that into a buy in, you know, for what we're doing. Like, hey, this is an approach. Let's conceptualize this approach that we have. I'd like to be able to get to you enough to be able to explain it and then generate some buy in with you there. You understand what we're doing, you know. Like It's almost we, like we a have... shock
2: and awe, like break their mind away from that. So then you can control it. And then like, yeah. Hey, now let's talk about what we can really
0: do for you. Uh, and, you know, setting, setting up some terminology, setting up, you know, some things at the beginning, right. Some, some general framework, but sometimes you can't even get to that. Well, <laughs> Craig, you got some uh, college football to watch. Hey, yes. Jane, do you have recovery <laughs> today? i has been waiting <laughs> yes. I've been listening patiently, <laughs> been waiting patiently.
1: All right, boys, another successful podcast. I didn't have to. I like this time, one. This so was great. Fantastic. Yeah. Good one.
0: yeah. So we'll be catching up with you guys, and we'll be seeing everybody in two weeks.
1: where uh, yes. Shane will have total Craig Foster. All right, bye. We'll see. we will we, we'll see. We'll find out.
3: All right, boys. <laughs> All right, boys. Have a good All weekend.
0: Bye. Right. 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 Talk to you soon. Peace.